Happy Sunday to everybody and welcome back to our, our webinars um, here at uh, AIFC um, to, to our players in the greater community uh, continuing to wish you well uh, during this time and uh, thank you all again for, for the positive feedback um, that you've been providing in, in these series of webinars. Uh, so we started off this four-part series um, speaking uh, with one of the all-time Canadian greats here in uh, Julian de Guzman. It's been a great catalyst as you know it's definitely you know, move things uh, forward in, in a good direction um, in, in terms of enabling us to uh, tap into uh, more, you know, top grades of, of in, in our country's history and get a unique story and, and a unique perspective of, you know, their pathways in soccer. Um, I think, you know, Julian, without a doubt, has been very colorful and very detailed and, uh, you know, very, very passionate and very real and uh, giving us some feedback. and. Um, Going into this last part, uh, we definitely uh, look forward to it. I look forward to it personally. Is you know, I definitely consider Jules uh, a, a person that to, we need in the game. You know, I think when we talk about uh, us uh, and soccer in general in the community, you know, we're, we're always we're always saying that uh, we need more people uh, involved. You know, of, of pedigree that that have done it. You know, the the Guzmans, the Salteris, the Hutchinsons of of the world. And you know, it's good to see now that. You know these guys are, are circling around now and and uh, starting to uh, you know trace their steps in in, in, the, in the game at, at the next level beyond it and uh, you know from from our standpoint we'll we'll be touching upon that uh, a lot more today. So Jules, again, thanks part four for for joining us here. Um, hope the Mother's Day went well for you, my friend. Awesome times, guys. Thank you so much for having me uh, for for these four series, and uh, it's been uh, been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, Mother's Day has been uh, uh, very smooth this uh, this Sunday. Thank you. Good man. Good. Uh, so, you know, picking up from where we left off in, in, in part three, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, just understanding that your, your career um, was, was now turning into more, you know, of, of a coaching role management side of things. Um, you know, you, you talked about starting to pay attention more, more to that, starting to ask more questions uh, around that and surround yourself sort of with the minds that are involved in that, you know, uh, on an everyday basis. Uh, but just going back to your, your playing career and, and, you know, as a person that, uh, you know, has been obviously very close to you through, throughout your life, um, you know, one of the things that they always say is, you know, it, it always goes by so fast, you know, and, and uh, for me, um, I, I, I remember, you know, you as, as a, a, a very young guy and, and when it became real to me is a, I remember watching, a, I believe, a Canada game uh, and I, I told you this a few, a few months back uh, against Scotland. On, on TSN, I remember that they put it on, and you know, you 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 were in a Canadian lineup that day, and that's that's when it just really, you know, hit me that wow, my my friend is you know up there on on that big stage in in Europe, and and you know now representing Canada, you know, it was it didn't really click in because obviously we didn't get German soccer like that here and things of that nature while while you were over there, but you know, I I still remember that moment very vividly, and you know. Uh, it, it almost seems like a snap, you know, here, here we are, right? And, uh, you know, so much time is, you know, uh, fulfilled and, uh, since that time and it's been a great career and, you know, I'm glad everybody is, is healthy and connected now. Um, what you say in that time frame and that snap that, that we talk about, um, you, you left your career with a, a sense of fulfillment where you say, you know, overall you felt, you know, fulfilled within uh, what you set out to do. Uh, not really. Cause you know, I, when I when I go back to 1986, and and I remember sitting there with my with my dad watching Canada uh, play in a World Cup. Uh, you know, that's right. Right then and there, I realized, okay, this is something I could do, right? And and then that, you know, wanting to play soccer, 
at the age of five. Um, and then the more you play, the, the more uh, you, you start to think about what, what are the possibilities and what you want to do and what you want to achieve and then dreams and all that stuff. The biggest one was World Cup. And playing in a World Cup for me um, was the ultimate dream. Yeah, I played it in, you know, with the under-20s. But, I, I mean, I think playing in the World Cup with the, uh, with, with the men's national team would, would have been the ultimate dream. And, and missing out um, uh, was definitely something that well, will be something I, 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 I wish I had the chance to do. Uh, but now I'm on the other side of the of the line. Uh, I could always find a way to to to, to apply and 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 pass that on to uh, the, you know the future, which is what I had a chance to do with the under 17 group uh, in the Concacaf qualifiers, uh, and uh, how you know being able to be amongst those those boys and and just pass on my experiences, my my message, and 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 help them and guide them to uh, to to their dreams. So. Um, that would be one big thing I, I could I could always uh, say that I wish I had the chance to uh, accomplish during my career. For the most part, though, um, you know I'm quite quite content. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to always always go through a lot of things that I wish I could have done, done better, play longer, play for this team, maybe sign with this team. You're you're going to always have these questions that come your way, but I think for the most part, in general, I, I you know that now that we sit here and we've, we've been talking about you know my career. Uh, before I left home, you know, playing in Europe, now here I am. Uh, it, it, I, I keep going through that over and over again and, and thinking about, the, you know, the, the conversations we've had. And it's like, okay, you know what? It's not bad. It's, it's, it's okay. It's pretty good. And, uh, uh, and I think uh, it's, it's definitely now at this point useful for me to, 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 to be that guy to, to share those experiences. And, and, and I think that's the important part and something I could uh, have an advantage of versus uh, – uh, most is say, hey, this is what I have done versus what someone else has done, and um, and if there is someone else that has done something that I could use that I haven't done myself, then I could resort to my brother, you know. So that's uh, somebody who I've worked with as well, and 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 I've seen evolve throughout his career. Um, but for me, you know, it 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 definitely has gone by so fast, and uh, that's where. Um, you know that I, the biggest message to a lot of the the, the guys playing their careers and they're they're in their primes, they're just starting their career, they're at the end of their career. I mean, the biggest message is, is to really uh, enjoy the moments that they have, you know, and cherish it, be thankful. I mean, that's something you just do anytime you step onto the field. You give thanks to you know whether it's God, your family, to any you know anything, but the you know just being there and alive and well to have a training session. Uh, and get paid to do what you're doing and then playing for your country as well. I mean, these are special moments that uh, every and any player should, should always uh, cherish. And I think that's something we, we witness whenever we watch the game on TV, you see them look to the sky and give thanks. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is, man. Any, anytime you get to walk into that field and uh, it's, it's always a blessing. So um, that, that's one big thing I've, uh, I've been very, very happy with uh, having that opportunity to do that for, not just you know for the national team, but also playing in, in different countries and and representing and putting Canada on the map. I mean, that's that's another big accomplishment. I could say I'm very happy with. Hey, Joe. So, like uh, you, you, your accomplishments, and to be able to use those as references to help guide like the future generations that that are playing now. Um, you then took your step towards post soccer into management. 
and it seemed like you had a very uh, progressive approach in your vision of what a professional soccer club in Canada should should be like or run like. Uh, what was your ultimate vision for a top club in Canada, or how it should uh, should look and operate? Yeah, it, it, top club in Canada, average club in Canada, academies. I mean, I mean, I think in general we need we, we should we should really focus on um, on what your everyday club should look like in Canada. Um, and, you know, going back to when I, in, in 2015, making the decision of, you know, where my next step would be. And I had an offer to go back to Spain at Racing Santander. They were in second division. Um, Pedro Minitas was the coach with my ex-teammate from Deportivo La Coruña. So, I mean, I, I was completely in love with Spain. I, I loved everything about Spain from football to lifestyle uh, it, it was again the best moments I've had in my career, uh, club-wise. And then uh, you know you have an offer from there. Then you have an opportunity to maybe go back to Germany, where I'm close to my kids, and uh, and, and and kind of just play out, have my playing career play out through there, and and be close to family. But Canada um, became an opportunity, and it was funny because even before I made a decision, I remember I needed to come train. Uh, and I was I didn't have a club at the time, but I need to train to keep fit for these national team games. And I reached out to um, uh, TFC to go, to come. And it's like you're 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 reaching out to TFC to train. They may not let you train, but then who else am I going to go train for? And then you look around, you look on you look on the map, and then there's only maybe three three teams that are professional just to train. And you know you, you left home. I left home in '97. I'm back. I'm back now in twenty in, in 20, 2015. And we, we only have three professional teams. So I'm to ask myself, you know, how much have we really done since, you know, since, you know, for that whole big chunk of time? I mean, that's, that's over, over 10, 10 years. Right. Uh, uh, and you, you know, I'm, 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 I remember every three years or every two years, I would always have to get a new set of insoles done. So whenever I come home, I go to uh, see my, uh, my guy Mount Sinai and I'm getting my insoles done. And uh, he, he uh, his name is Dr. Copeland. Uh, he worked for the Toronto Blue Jays as well. Uh, no, Well-known guy in Toronto. And he had asked me, he goes, uh, what's your next step? And I was uh, kind of explained to him my, 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 my situation. I was like, I got Spain here. I got, uh, I got Germany here I could go back to. But I, I, would like to, I was like, I would like to stay in North America if that's possible. And he goes to me, did you know there's a team I work for in Ottawa? And I had no clue. I had no clue there's a professional team in Ottawa. So, I mean, you know, just – just not even knowing, and me as a professional player, not knowing that there's a professional team in Ottawa, I had to do my research now and realize, okay, this team actually just started in 2014 in the NASL. You know, it's 2015. I'm like, this might be something to consider. So I had to reach out to my agent, Courtney, to get in touch with these guys to see, well, you know, what's available there. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you fast forward a month later, I'm, I've signed with them. And the reason why I decided to stay in Canada uh, was because I, I'm at the point of my career where, you know, I may have, you know, two, three, four years left to play, but I really want to see how I could give back. Uh, going back to Spain, I don't, I'm not giving back anymore at that point. Going back to, to Germany, I'm not really giving back. I think the ultimate, the ultimate goal when, you, you know, you, you've retired and you've had this career, how do you give back now to a, a country that has meant so much to you? And, uh, and I think that's, that was my next step is giving back, but also doing my research and, and, and seeing where where are the areas that needed help? So, I've already done done you know the research and I've played it for the TFCs from 2009 to 2012. 
And, uh, you know, I followed the, uh, the impact. I followed the Whitecaps. And the one thing that always annoyed, not just myself, but I think annoyed every Canadian was you turn the TV on and you, you could watch all those three teams play in the MLS and you've, you can't even count uh, a handful of Canadians who have started or played uh, in those three games, you know? So um, I think that's where it was a big disappointment. I mean, you, you know, and, I, and I've noticed that playing in the national team where you could still make the national team those times, even, even without a club because they just desperately need players. Um, so our Canadians weren't getting the chance for Canadian teams. Uh, I come to Ottawa and uh, I think uh, that was the, uh, the, the, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing for me to s- understand why was that happening. And, um, you know, th- I think when you, when you look at being involved with an organization, a Canadian club, and, uh, you, you know, I, I think it's no different than calling it a Spanish club. And you go to Spain, you're playing for a Spanish club. And guess what? You, you know, at least half of the teams would be Spanish players. You know, you're going to go to Germany, you're going to play for a German club, but half the teams would be German players. Why can't that, that be the same for Canada? You know, and that was my, 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 my biggest concern and how to fix that or help that situation. And, and there, you know, I've played with so many Canadians who, uh, you know, you might probably, I've probably met them once and play with them in the national team or train with them. And I'm asked, why hasn't this guy made it? I think the biggest reason is because there's just not enough resources in their country to, for them to stay there, be developed and have that opportunity to play pro because there's only three professional teams at the time. Ottawa now being the fourth and me playing for them. Um, this really brought me back to where I was in 2009 TFC, fairly new team. Um, and, and that's, that those were a lot of the similarities I saw when I was in Ottawa. And the good thing about going to Ottawa, I have already played in North America. So I understand the whole North American mentality, culture, playing on turf, jumping on planes, you know, I, I, and I think I've already been prepared. I was well prepared for that. So, um, First season went well. Uh, we maybe went made it to the finals of the uh, NASL championship, and uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to play that because I've already made commitments to the national team. And then going into my into year two, um, uh, you know, we I, I didn't play as much, you know, due to injuries, but that still now prepared me to make the the, the next step. And I could have signed in 2017. I could have got the operation done and everything, but I felt where is my value. Uh, best at right now is it's you know trying to stay fit and play week to week and you know and just just to get by or is it now you know being on the other side and and just getting involved where I could be a mentor I could be someone making big decisions but making sure it, it it's 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 ready and prepared for for Canadians to to play for Canadian club and get a chance and and, and do well and, and then get get a chance for the national team or maybe maybe use that as a ladder to even get higher to MLS clubs or to Europe. Right. So that was my vision. Uh, the, the moment I, I, uh, I, I retired or even before I retired, it, it was, it was, a, it was my vision. And then the moment I retired, uh, I had the chance and the opportunity to be, be a part of the staff uh, as an assistant coach and assistant GM. And uh, at that point, I, I mean, I, I, I was so new to this, it, it, it was almost like it brought me back to 97, the moment I went to Europe for the first time and played for a European club. And, you know, I, I, I absorbed everything as much as possible in that role in the first six months in, as, as, as an assistant coach, assistant GM. And the next thing you know, unexpectedly, I become the head coach and, uh, head, and the head GM uh, as an intern, 
for the rest of that same season. So everything was happening super fast now. And um, uh, I, uh, I, I knew that, I mean, we were still on, 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 the, on the brink of making playoffs. Uh, didn't go so well. We, we didn't make playoffs. We were short about four points. And, um, uh, and then they offered me to, to stay around, which was, I, I was very, very happy about. And, but I made it clear, this is how it needs to be done now if you want to call this a professional club uh, in Canada. Yeah, a coach slash GM, it won't work. Uh, that's something you could do maybe at the lower, lower levels. But uh, I want to respect this sport. Uh, you know, this is top-level sport we're, we're talking about. We only have four professional clubs in the entire country. So let's treat it as if it's a professional organization in terms of soccer, from my experience. You know, and I, uh, I proposed this, the split rules and, and then decided to become the GM. And then that's when I was able to uh, implement my, my philosophy and strong beliefs of how a, a Canadian professional club uh, should look like uh, from, uh, I, I guess, like an example for, for the rest of Canada if, if they were to have their professional club or call it a professional Canadian team. So uh, I was, and then that's when I started to implement a lot of the Canadians. I gave Canadians a chance uh, to play, uh, to sign them the contracts, and, and even had players coming on from loan to, to, to play for us, to, to get minutes and play. But also to, uh, to, to, to let Canada know that, you know, there's a Canadian team with Canadians in it. And, you know, we would field uh, more Canadians uh, on, on, on a playing field on a weekend than any Canadian MLS team could show, um, you know, out of the three on, on any weekend. So that, and then win games and then win games as well. So, I mean, that was a, a big, a big uh, part for me to, to really uh, uh, get involved and implement that, that philosophy. And I think um, um, that was, uh, uh, I, I think it was done well from the year one in that position for myself and, and going into year two, we made playoffs. So that was the biggest goal. And I, and now we're seeing a Canadian professional soccer league, the Canadian uh, premier league, sorry, that uh, has, has evolved and, and, and has started up. And now we're seeing a lot of Canadians now become uh, pro Canadian, fallen Canadian teams, you know, create rivalries, start a new culture. And I think, um, you know, that, that, that's how it should be moving forward. Fantastic. Um, let's talk about Canada soccer now. And you've been part of Canada soccer in a staff role with some of our young talents on our youth national teams. What are some of the traits that you think characterize this new generation of young talents, young Canadian talents, that is? what are the tools that they will need to succeed in Europe that maybe not, maybe not, we don't, we don't think about much or people don't really know. Uh, I, well, good for, for good traits that Canadians have. I mean, I mean, they're hard workers, um, athletic and, um, you know, they're, uh, you'll find the odd guy who has something that's beyond Canada that, that you could say, Oh my God, this guy, is he from Brazil? Is he from you know Africa? Where is he from? And that's what we're beginning to see from a lot of these uh, bigger talents that are that are that are coming out through the uh, through the rankings, like Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David. I mean, they weren't born in Canada, you know, but they 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 uh, they, they were born in different countries that that's already hardened them, and and, and you know their household would be uh, uh, you know different than your average Canadian as a household. But I think. Soccer in general, um, 
you know, being Canadian, you're going to always come, you're going to, you're going to have a background that's attached to a soccer nation. And, um, uh, but now how, how are we going to relate that to when you go to Europe? You know, you could have Canadians who are Canadians, but with African culture go to Europe, but they're just so Canadian that they're not African anymore. So how do you bring that back into them and in, in, in their, in their blood, in their bloodstream? Right. I, I think the one thing that Canadians will have always struggled with um, moving to, to Europe or even North America or, or even to the U S but the one thing that is, is that the Canadians have struggled with is, is, is the, uh, the adaptation um, to new environments, new cultures and becoming a part of those cultures. Um, it, 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 they, they, they leave environments like such as, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, it doesn't matter where, where the, the comfort zone, everything is here. You know, they got their friends here. They, 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 they graduated here uh, and they're leaving at a you know, very late age as well. That was my biggest concern leaving at 16. I already thought it was too late. You know, and this is in 97. Um, but when you start to leave home at the age of 18, when you start to leave home at the age of 20 for the first time and, and go in, in, into hostile environments, it's very hard at that point to, uh, just drop everything and, and become a part of something at that age. So it's best to have it done when you're young and you're still a sponge and, and, and absorb a whole new environment, a whole new world to become a part of that, that environment you're in on a day-to-day basis. So I think that's, one, that's, that's probably the biggest challenge for Canadians uh, to, 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 to over, overcome. Talent-wise, I mean, I've seen talent. I, Canadians have talent and they, they could play. But we all, we all know that playing the game on the field and training every day, it probably takes up to 10% of what it takes to be pro. There's a whole other level that, that, that we are responsible for to, to, to live up to, and that's the culture. That's, just, that, that's adapting. That's the, menta- the, 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 the mental part of, of, of the game. You know, the attitude, all of those things. You're no longer hanging out with your friends, and you can't get away with certain remarks and stuff like that. And it's, and I had a very good conversation with, uh, with some players in the under 17 national team where, you know, you see them already in their cliques and they're, you know, they're just comfortable hanging out with this group of guy. And it's already happening at the age of 17. And my thing, my message to them was, Hey, man, you know, you're good on the field. You're a very good player. And so this one of the one of the players, I was like, you're a very good player, but you have to find a way and people are going to look up to you. They're going to say, yeah, this guy's going to have the solution because on the field, he's great. And that was me before. But the problem is, and I had this problem too growing up. The problem is you're going to now come up the field and you're going to hang with that same group over and over again. And then there becomes a divide, right? But that person could be, uh, because he's so good in the field, he could be the difference maker, not just on the field now, but off the field. You know, how do you connect not just one group from the East Coast, the other group from the West Coast, the other group from Montreal? Like, how do you connect all these guys together? And how do you mix and mingle with them? And how do you be that leader off the field? And that's such a hard thing to overcome when you, so used to your surroundings, so used to your environment, because the moment it's dinner time, guess what? You're going to look for the table where all the Scarborough guys are from. You're going to look for the table where all the Brampton guys are from because it's comfortable when you're playing on the national team. And I think that is the biggest challenge, uh, uh, you know, for, for a lot of these Canadians where how do you come out of that comfort zone? You know, how do who, who are you able to do it yourself? And I got away with a lot. I got away with it a lot. Um, playing in, in the national team where you're going to be roomed with the same guy that you grew up with and, and have the same conversations, but you got to find a way to maybe mix and mingle with guys that you've 
never hung with are guys from the different parts of the country. And those are the big, that's where it starts, you know, moments like that. That's where it starts. And that was my message to a lot of the young guys in the under 17 team. If you want to make it in Europe, man, you know, you, you got to be, you got to be willing to, to mix something with guys that you've never hung with before and speak their language and eat their food and appreciate it and actually like it, you know? So those are those, those are the biggest challenges I, 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 I've seen and witnessed from not just for myself, but also a lot of, you know, really good Canadian players who could, who could have very good careers. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, an evolution um, and, and an adventure, you know, leaving overseas um, that, that any, you know, not even from a, from a sporting standpoint, you know, you, you have to sort of have that openness, you know, and, and sense of adventure, um, you know, to, to, to really get the most out of it, right? Um, yeah. So without a doubt, Jules, you know, you, you're, you're a top mind uh, in Canadian soccer. Based off of your references and, and your career trajectory overall, um, you know, now that you're, you're transitioning out of the game into, into a full, you know, senior management role, you know, you seem to enjoy it. You know, you, you seem to now be, you know, in, in a good groove with it. You know, where do you feel you're best, you know, suited, you know, moving forward and, and, and continuing to contribute to the game? Yeah, you know, I, I, really, I really enjoyed the, the, the GM role. Initially, I, did, I, I didn't have much of a clue what, was, what I was getting myself into, but um, that, that, that was uh, extremely fun from, from my part, extremely challenging. You're, you're super busy, and, you know, it, uh, it, it, does, it definitely changes your, your, your life as a whole. But um, from my experience playing or working with uh, the Ottawa Fury as a, as a GM and, 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 and having the opportunity to curate a team, um, you know, that, that, that was something I, I feel I could I continue to do and even get better with and, 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 and work towards you down the road. Um, my, my, my experience is working in different clubs overseas, uh, you know, in, in, in the MLS and the national team as well. Uh, just, just having the relationships that you've, 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 you've built, you know, throughout your whole career where you've met so many players and, um, it's 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 just one of those things now. After fifteen fifteen years of playing prof- or professionally overseas in, in Europe and then playing in North America as well, on top of that, you know, you 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 you, you, you it just becomes a part of your, your your blood. You know, when I'm creating a team and I'm thinking about okay, what type of players do I need? How do I respond to what the coach wants as well? You know, you bring in a coach who has no clue about Canadian soccer, um, and he probably has his visions on, yeah, we got to bring this player, we got to bring this player, but. And you get carried away again with another typical Canadian team where you're, you're, you're watching the game. And you can't even pinpoint who's Canadian. So my message to him was, I'm going to help you out, but this is a Canadian team. I need Canadian players. Give me the profile you want. I'll, I'll find you a player. And just from my experience playing for, for the national team in so many years, you know, he, he may want a guy that he's used to from, from the, you know, uh, the U S or from, from Germany. But I say, Hey, you know what? I have a similar player and I know, I know a player that that's just like that, but he's Canadian. And that was, uh, that was something special for me to, uh, to, to do and, uh, and, and really um, put together uh, from, from ground zero and end up. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that. It was, it was, um, uh, it was again, for me, fun, but at the same time stressful. But I think uh, that that's because it's how much I love the game and how much I want this, this to work for Canadians and, and uh, you know, I value, uh, I value the uh, you know the, the the ones who are passionate Canadians who want to become pro, want to want to fight for their country, fight for their their club. 
And uh, the, those are the those are the guys you want to pinpoint and, and, and find. And and um, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard work where you you know you you just signed them. Now you gotta you gotta keep them positive and motivated. And that's just not one player. But that's that's 20, like twenty five, maybe thirty, you know, across the board from players. And then there's another group of, of people that you got to manage and, and keep happy and well, and that's your staff, you know, and making sure that they're, 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 they're doing their, they're the right job and they're presenting themselves professionally and they, you know, they're going to have questions and you're the guy that's going to have to have all the answers. Right. So it was, uh, it, it was, again, I was, I, I miss it to be honest. And, and um, I, you know, I miss picking, you know, getting the phone calls from agents, from, from, from teams, from, you know, scouting, watching video and all that stuff. And, uh, and that's something I really, really enjoyed. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slowly, slowly preparing myself to, to, to get back into that, into that mix right now. Time off is big for me. Um, you know, from playing, jumping right into the, to, to management and, and, uh, you know, not having time off. It's the first time since, I don't know, 96, I had time off. And, you know, I re- even when I tried to take time off during my career, I was still playing for the national team. So I had to keep fit and, I remember I, uh, I put myself in a hotel for you know, two months in Cologne just to train, not, not sign with the team, but just to train to keep fit and ready to play for the uh, national team. But it's the first time ever I've had time off, so I'm letting this uh, settle in and, and, and I'm enjoying it, but I definitely uh, I'm slowly getting that itch to, uh, to, 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 want, to, to want to come back as a, as a GM. To cycle out, I, I think that uh, you know, guys like you um, – there's there's no time off from the game, you know. Even uh, even if you're 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 saying you have time off, I, I don't I don't think there's probably a day that goes by. Uh, safe to say that you know the game's not in your mind. You know how you want to approach it. Um, you know, and, and and you know your vision is not not on your mind. I think that's that's pretty safe to say. And it's you know we look forward to seeing your next steps uh, in the game. I think we it's it's critical um, for for us as as a nation that. Uh, you know, players like you remain um, in the game um, at, at that next level. We, you know, humbly speaking, we, we're just not there um, in terms of, you know, the people that administer our game. Um, just, you know, having that grasp of just, you know, what it is to have football in, in your veins, you know. And I'm not, I don't speak of that from an arrogant standpoint. Uh, just, I think it's, 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 almost a two, it's almost a two plus two thing. You know, you have, you know, top elite football players, um, they, they need to be involved in, in, in the administration of things. Just like it's been on the field, you know, they'll figure it out. So my last question before I, uh, you know, uh, forward it off to Ains uh, is you, you said you came back, you know, uh, uh, to Ottawa and, and, and there was only three clubs and, you know, what, what has really happened, you know, in, in my time off, right? And I think you're a guy that has always had a, his finger on the pulse um, um, of, of, you know, Canadian soccer because you're, you know, it's, you're, you're passionate about it. You, you, you know, you, you believe in Canadian soccer, um, you know, from your standpoint and in, in your humble opinion, what are, what are some of the things that um, you think, you know, we, we can do better at this point um, from, from your, from all your experiences and references um, and, and what are some of the things that you think have, have drastically changed for the better um, in, in that snapshot that you've been gone and, and come back? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I've, I'm beginning to see a lot of the, the political side of the game um, and, and, and try to understand why things the way they are. Um, 
you know, and it, you, you, you're, you get stuck into, you get stuck in a hard place where, you know, yeah, you're, you, you, you want to, you want, you just want them to play, you know, you want the, you want them to have the ball and just play. But at the same time, there's another side of it where, it's, you know, it's the business side that needs to make sense. Right. And, um, I think, I think to grow this game, um, I find because of the success of, you know, I think TFC, let's use TFC as an example, because of the, the success of TFC uh, winning the MLS cup, I feel from then, ever since that uh, happened, it, it's, it seems like now everyone's in a rush mode to uh, kind of follow that, that, that image and let's, let's create champions tomorrow. Right. Let's not forget TFC uh, have been around for over a decade before, you know, they, 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 they won, a, they won the MLS cup. And, um, you know, I, I think people don't realize, and then, I mean, this goes for a lot of many things, whether it's an academy that's starting from nothing to something, and, you know, they, 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 they want to go in the rush mode to uh, not just win something now, but also, you know, let's get a, let's get a return on, 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 the, on, on the financials, right? And um, people are going to have to make sacrifices, I think, you know, and, and if, if they want to, you know, start something from nothing to, to, you know, to something that lasts forever. And um, uh, I, I think it's hard to find those individuals who, not, not, I mean, just they're, they're, there's, I'm sure there's quite a few of them, but it's hard to find uh, a large amount of them who believe in the sport before they believe on, you know, on the business side. It's very hard. Um, and I, I think the state we're in now is we, we, see, we see how academies are and, you know, it's a, it's a great business. It, it, you know, it makes money and people pay into it. Um, and then I think you're, you're going to find some academies now who enjoy doing that more than, 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 than the playing side and, and, and then versus let's just focus on players. Let's, let's, let's grow these players. And, and then, you know, because we trust in ourselves that we are good qualified coaches to train these kids, we will get the return, you know, five, six, seven years from now. Right. But five, six, seven months to get a return because, you know, play, parents have signed. You know, you know they've paid their, uh, their their fees. I think this is the problem that we we're running into um, uh, for for a lot of the academies where it's just a money making pay to play program, and um, it, it, we're, we're, we've lost focus now on developing the kids. You know, who are who are we bringing in on board to 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 make sure these kids are getting the right training, uh, the right preparation for uh, for whatever next step they, it is they they, they take. And, uh, you know, are we, are, are we putting them first versus putting the parents and their paychecks first, right? So we, I think some, some, if I had, if I had it my way, I mean, and I'm, there's, I mean, there's a, many more businessmen who have more wealth than I do, but if they had the passion and understanding of, of, of what I think it should, how it should run, you know, kids, you're going to find the best kids that you believe that you could train and, and develop. Uh, and out of each age group that you're training, I mean, you're going to probably focus on two kids most that could be the difference makers, right? And uh, that's where you could find a, kind of see the long-term return down the road if these kids sign a professional contract, you know, but it's up to you now to create that environment from, you know, the, the U13s, the U15s, the U17s and onwards, but make sure that those environments are professional enough for these kids to grow in and the moment they get the call up or the moment they get the, they sign a contract or they move on, you know, that's where you could see 
proof of return in terms of, hey, guys, our academy developed these players. We sent them off here and there. You know, you're more than welcome to come, but not because you could pay the money, but you're good enough to, be, to play amongst us, you know. So I think this is the, this is some, this is the, the biggest issue I think we, we're running into uh, because there's, it's still one of the most pay, played sports in the country, you know. We only have, uh, we've, I mean, now we have uh, you know, eight more professional teams uh, plus the MLS teams who, uh, who, who, are, who are around. But, you know, that's just happened last year. This should have happened many years ago, obviously, but I think the, the academies have become such a, uh, a good business, you know, just to keep pockets happy and people happy. They forget that there's very good kids and generations of kids who we need to put focus on and, and worry about versus getting the money up front and then just babysitting kids. It's almost like a daycare uh, from how I look at a lot of the academies. Not every academy, a lot of the academies. There are some very good academies out there, and they've they they they've proven their 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 work, and then and then you see the results. I mean, but I think there are just too many academies out there uh, who are getting away with not worrying about the players' development, and um, you know, it, and then you know, I think it, it comes down to the, the it, it just comes down to making sure the kid uh, the, uh, the, or even a parent really making the parent realize, hey. You know, if you're going to invest in your in your child, let's not worry about you know the pay the pay up front first. We'll 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 work it out where if we trust your kid that he's going to make it, we'll we'll find financial ways to 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 make sure that it's not going to you know overwhelm you. Uh, but there's also a good a, a nice return that your kid's going to get a chance to whether it's scholarship, MLS, Europe, just even training exposure. Right? I think that's one of the biggest things is getting the kids to have that right exposure. Uh, and 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 uh, in different environments, because if I'm a parent, your average parent, and you know I want to send my kids to these these clubs, you know I'm sure you guys hear it all the time. My kids are ready for pro. My kids are ready for pro. My kids are ready for pro, and it shouldn't come from the parents telling you that. It should be coming from the coaches saying, "Hey, we think your kids ready for pro. These are the these are the options that we're looking at right now to to you know to move your kids." So I think if the greed is if they could lessen the a bit of the greed in terms of you know just receiving a paycheck and and, and that's it i think we could have a more honest environment to uh to or a more organic environment to really grow these kids and 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 help them um you know, you know make those steps uh, moving forward so that's just been the biggest thing and it's one thing that scares me like i look at my son who, who's in germany and um hasn't paid one cent to, uh, to, to play part, you know, you know, to play in a, a program that is the DFB program. Plus he's playing for one of the best academies in its region uh, because he was doing well for his club, you know, but hasn't paid one cent for, uh, for her, for, for, for that, you know, and that's, I, I, but here you, you're, you're paying thousands of dollars for your child because he can't go play hockey anymore. So he's got to do something outside to keep him busy and you just don't have the time to take care of him. So let's just put him in those in these programs. Right. So I think this is where, we're still trying to figure out how it should make sense. And um, I think it's pretty obvious the funding needs to come from, you know, bigger areas versus uh, letting, uh, you know, academies figure it out on their own to fund themselves and then be a part of uh, a system that uh, pretty much has their hands tied, you know, and I think that's, that, that's a lot of the issues we run into where politically it just becomes very um, aggressive and, and difficult for, for you to grow your kid. I mean, 
Jonathan himself, man, he played for three teams. I think he played for three teams one time and got suspended because, from, from, from the Ontario Soccer Association. I mean, like stuff like that. Uh, again, you're, 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 you're trying to uh, put barricades and, and, and obstruct the kid's development uh, because uh, he, he's that good. Uh, no, that's that. That you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be suspending a ten-year-old, a uh, you know, j- just from getting the extra uh, kick around because he needs it. He needs it, right? So those are the issues I, I, I feel we we need to find and, and focus on and have more conversations about to protect the child's development. We need to find a way to protect the child's development better with better coaches, better facilities, better you know environments and, and, and infrastructure. Uh, resources we need to find a way to do better in terms of that that's where we should be investing our money versus um just making sure that we're happy in the green uh, at the at, at the end of the the you know each quarter of the year so i think that's a that, that's a big thing we need to focus on it's fantastic just to end this off let's have a little fun now let's get your mind going a little bit um could you tell us what is your most fond memory of a win in your career as a player? The what was the best memory. win you had? The best, yeah. best win I've ever had. <sighs> um, I, think, I think it comes down to that game against Real Madrid. I mean... Mm. Yeah, it has to come down to that game against Real Madrid because it's unfortunate. I mean, for me, like I've, I mean, I've won, I've won some trophies, but I mean, it's you know, you, you're looking for that big trophy, I think, and or making qualifying for a World Cup. I think those are the big ones that you, you know, that that's missing in my career. But in terms of a win, that I would say have changed probably not just my career but my life is is the game against Real Madrid, and you know, going into that game. Um, again, I, I just finished playing against Barcelona. I was starting that game. I just started, and I knew this coach wasn't, uh, you know, a big fan of me. So I had to prove to him. And I did it against Barcelona, um, and I did it, uh, and I got the, the the call up to start against Real Madrid. And I'm like, well, man, these are the Galacticos, man. Like this is Zidane, Raúl, Beckham, Roberto Carlos, Casillas, like you know, Sergio Ramos just signed with them, I believe. Um, you know, you're looking at this team, and it's like. Okay, we took care of Bar- we took care of Barcelona. We we actually tied them in a, in a very exciting game at home, three three. But now we got Real Madrid, and I remember sitting in the car uh, with with uh, Jorge Andrade after our uh, our last training session before the game at home, and I was driving back with him to the hotel because we we would go to the hotel and stay overnight in the hotel, and he could tell I'm nervous now because I'm just quiet in the car and I'm not saying anything and. He's telling me to relax, man. Hey, relax. He goes, he goes, one of the best things in these games that you're going to enjoy is that you're playing against a team that plays, which means you get to play. They're going to pass the ball and knock it around. You're going to do the same thing. I was like, yeah. He goes, I'm like, I never thought of that. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's what's going to happen in these games. It's normal. These games are the same thing over and over again. He goes, it's easier to play against games in games like Real Madrid and Barcelona than it is to play against teams like uh, Zaragoza or, or Espanol. He goes, these are the easier games. They're, they're hard. But you know, you know what to expect. And all it is is just like another guy wearing a jersey with a name and a number. That's it. He goes, so I mean, I, I, you know, it, it was cool to hear that from someone. And 
you know, I'm, I'm still nervous, man. I mean, like you, you get to the hotel, you're eating and all you're doing is thinking. And it's, it's, I mean, this is every game where you're going to be thinking what to do next. Don't make a mistake. Do I, I can't make sure, you know, get caught in these areas. What did the coach say? You're just thinking of all these things. And, you know, you, you just don't want to mess up because you don't want to want to embarrass yourself in front of the whole world. Cause everyone's watching this game and Two, You don't want to lose your spot. Um, but the most important thing for me is Canada's going to be watching this because I don't think a Canadian's ever played in a game against Real Madrid in La Liga. So this was a big deal for me where, you, you know, I got I to gotta do well. Just make sure I do my job and don't make mistakes and uh, keep it clean. And, um, yeah, it, was, it became surreal for me at the moment uh, I, I got the ball on the top, top of the box laid off by Tristan on my left foot and you're hitting it, you know, far corner along the ground. And as the ball travels, you know, you don't hear anything. It's like all you're seeing is in a, the, the mesh move. People rise up from behind the goal. And then at that point, you could hear the crowd cheering because you've just scored against Real Madrid. And the moment that happened, I was like, man, you just rush. You just run where you can run. Man. But I ran straight to the coach because I knew the coach, for some reason, just had something against me where he, this is not my player. But I ran straight to him, and, as, and I, the, the joy I had within, and you could feel the energy from not just me, but the entire team knew that this was the case, and he had done something that no one had ever expected, not even myself. Um, so it was a, a huge joy, but then winning the game and seeing that city take off as if we won a championship, and this is just probably like our seventh game of the season. And seeing that and witnessing – you know, the passion of La Liga. Like, I, you watch, just watching this stuff on TV growing up and you hear the fans cheer and the, with the songs and, you know, just the ball to go by the net and the, 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 create, the loud ooze, being in that environment and winning that game and, and then celebrating with the fans. And, and, and then ever, that was my only goal I ever scored for, 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 for Deportivo. But celebrating that game, it was, um, it, it became, it's still a celebration today. I'll tell you, man, I'm, Allah. <laughs> that's something that is just hard for me to ever, ever believe or understand that happened. And, um, and that, and that win is one of the, is probably the biggest one I, I've, uh, I've had in my, in my career. The city is celebrating with you. Something that we as Canadians, um, we only really experience when the Raptors won or when TFC won, not, not after a game. Uh-huh. But in saying that, um, Tell us about the fondest loss that you encounter that sticks out in your mind that it probably to this day still bothers you. Oh, against Honduras for sure, eight one. That's one of the lowest points in, uh, in my uh, my life actually. Because again, you're doing that in Madrid and, and scoring was like Canada now is known. You know, like people know about Canada, uh, but this time we lose eight one. It's like you're, 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 pro- you're probably at that point, you're probably, th- I have to keep reminding myself, okay, thank God I'm Canadian. Cause I could get home. My family's going to be okay. You know, people are not going to be trashing my, my, uh, <laughs> my car or you won't see yourself in the front page. I guess it, uh, you, that was probably the luckiest thing we've had coming out of that match. But still, I think to a, a big degree being, uh, uh, well, going back to your soccer club and just showing your face, it, it was disgraceful. I think um, it, was one of, it was the lowest point in my, in my career. 
losing eight one. Um, and I tell you, man, the, the, the thoughts that cross your mind right after that game, it's just not pretty at all. I mean, you, you almost want to just quit each one. You just want to throw it in. It's like, it's, it hits you so hard where I must've lost sleep for at least a, a good month where I just did not sleep well. And, um, you cut off all, 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 all you like a lot. You just go quiet. You go in quiet mode. I mean, you don't even talk to anyone. You, you just hate yourself for everything. Um, and any mistake you make after that game, it's like it, it, it's just your your mood and your, your your everything is just at a low. So that eight one loss was was the biggest disappointment, biggest embarrassment. And uh, yeah, I wish I wish nobody to ever go through anything like that um, in, in in their careers in, in that type of loss. I mean, that was a uh, that that and then the other loss would be six uh, one um, with TFC at home uh, against uh, Philadelphia. I think it was, it was Philadelphia Union. We lost six one at home, and that was another biggest, biggest. Uh, this one of my biggest disappointments or or, or 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 horrible moments in terms of my career. So, but the eight one against Honduras for 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 you know World Cup qualifier that was that was the worst ever. Okay. Tell us about who was supposed to be fun, man. It's fun, man. <laughs> reminiscing, reminiscing is always fun. Um, tell us about who was the top player you played with in your career. <laughs> top player I played with in my career. Um, only one. You only pick one. Hard man, <clears throat> I, love, I love watching these guys go through their mental Rolodex. You know, it's, it's <laughs> the best. Go watching these players, these ex guys, you know, go through. A, and I hate using that word ex. My apologies, but just just these athletes just to go through their mental. You know, <laughs> I can pick it through my Sunday league team, man. Oh man, top player. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to on this one. I'm gonna have to go with Felipe Luis, man. Wow. I'm gonna have to go with, and the reason wow. the reason why before Felipe Luis was Juan Capdevilla. And we know Juan Capdevilla won the Euros. And, and World Cup. And World Cup. So he won the Euros and World Cup and he was a left back for the for Deportivo. And I and I say, wow, he's He's a very good left back. I, I, I thought he was actually like, he's not going anywhere. And then Felipe Luis comes in, some young guy from, I, th- I think Felipe was at Real Madrid C. Yeah, he was at Real, yeah, he was at Castilla. C, uh, yeah, he wasn't even that good on the Real Madrid. Like, no, yeah, he was on the C team actually. C team, and he was playing games, but I was like, who's this kid now? Like, who's this young kid? And so, and they, I, I, we all we all made fun of him because we. He was like a, we call him the fake, he was like a fake Brazilian because he was port- Polish at the same time. And, you know, he just didn't have that Brazilian swag to him. And, you know, but seeing him, seeing him come into Deportivo and, uh, and did what he did and then take off. I mean, he, he helped me. He helped me do well because he was the guy where if I'm receiving the ball, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle. I have nowhere else to go. I'm going to, I have to find him. And he gets me out of every city. He got me out of so many situations, man. I, I mean, he made me look good on on days where I should I I I, sh- I should have made a big mistake and, and and find myself on the bench the following weekend. So 
Felipe Ruiz, man, I mean, and I could find him with my eyes closed. Like, I, I, there's not a player I, I, I know where I'm in trouble, and I just know he's there. You, you get to play the ball blindly, and he's there. And then he gets out of the situation. And not even that. Like, I mean, his way of, of, of being on the ball, he was our most skillful player. He was our, he was our most skillful player. We, he earned his respect, and he, he was a big, big, big difference maker for us on, the, on, on that left side, man. Because, uh, um, I mean, I had the joy of not even just playing with him, but I had the joy of, like, becoming really good friends with him during my time at Deportivo. And um, uh, his, his English was, it, it seemed like his English was like his mother language, which was uh, also impressive uh, to, to, to see. But he, he was a special dude, man. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed playing with him and uh, he was uh, uh, a great guy, but then ended up having a, a wonderful career as well, playing at uh, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Brazilian national team as well. And uh, now at Flamengo, Winning championships there, um, but uh, such a such a beautiful career. But I mean, I'm not surprised because what I've seen him do at Deportivo when he was, uh, you know, just new new to the league, and uh, he was um, he was honestly for me uh, probably the, the best player I've of uh, uh, played with. Man. But again, I, I I can name you another ten guys back of my hand, you know, similar scenarios. But Felipe, how he came into the game. I don't think anyone at that time expected him to, to, see, to, to see him where he's at today. That's for sure. Last question. <clears throat> Who was the greatest leader you played with in your career? So one guy who took you under his wing, the one guy who you kind of looked up to. Who was that one player that you can say in your career, if you were to name one? I think I think I'm gonna go with Trundle on this one, man. Mm. Stevie, Stevie on this one. Yeah, he's a he, he he's a top guy. He's a top guy, man. He's Trundle. He has a way of like he could really rally up the change room, mm-hmm. um, and not just by playing. Most you see you see a lot of leaders who could just play and do well and. And not speak, and they don't need to speak, right? Because they, they get the job done on the field. Mm-hmm. He does a job on the field, but he could also find a way to translate that and 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 and, and you know make it well, make it known. And this is an American guy doing this in a German locker room. Um, mm-hmm. So he 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 got his respect from the Germans there. He got his respect from the guys at Hanover, and they call, to the point where they're calling him the mayor. And um, uh, but he was a guy who took me under his wing. Uh, he really he really guided me. You know, stepping into the Bundesliga, you know, uh, 21 years old and, you know, who you turn to? You're going to turn to the American guy because he speaks English? Great. But at the same time, he made it known to me like, hey, if you want to be loved and, 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 and respected by these guys, these are certain things to do. Mm-hmm. And even times when I was, you know, in certain, it wasn't when I was in trouble off the field too, like when I had, you know, certain issues and stuff, he, you know, he's the guy where he would even reach out to me um, before I could reach out to him and he wouldn't know how to address it right away. He, and the way he does it, man, I mean, he, he was super class. Uh, he, he, even though he was under pressure, you just never know. Mm-hmm. You know he'd be going through stuff you would never know, but he would just always find a way uh, to, uh, to, to, to pass that message and, and really, really guy. And that was just, that was just my experience. And I'm sure a lot of other guys could say, Hey, Stevie, special guy off, on and off the field, mm-hmm. um, always smiling. And he just really knew how to, how to uh, light up the room. 
and he did it even not even as a captain. Just he just did it as one of the leaders, uh, and um, it was great to see that from him uh, for uh, for my time in Germany, and that really that really prepared me for my for my next steps moving forward. All right, man. Julian Guzman, thank you so much, you know, for joining us. This has been, you know, an, an incredible unlocking. I, I would say, you know, um, as as we go along through these webinars and speak to, you know, different athletes, uh, you know, we've had the, the chance to speak to, you know, some some Canadian soccer royalty, and and you know, it, the theme that sticks out is, you know, these seem to give you guys the opportunity to. To speak, but not necessarily, you know, be switched on in terms of sometimes you're you're in your club mode, or you know, you have to, you know, worry about uh, maybe not touching on the story and things of that nature. So we appreciate you being, you know, as open and, and candid with us. I think, you know, uh, any player really that is is trying to trying to make it somewhere, um, you, you need to be rooted. You know, you need to know where you come from. You you need to know where you stand in, in terms of you know where where you're going and. Uh, it's been an incredible opportunity to catch up, you know, as a, as a person that, that knows you and, and Ainsley as well, pretty intimately. I think it's also given us an opportunity to learn new things as, as well. And uh, we wish you much success uh, in, in, in your next steps here in, in Canadian soccer. As I said, absolutely critical um, for, for you to be a part of it and, and lead us moving forward. Thank you, guys. No, you guys have been awesome. I uh, appreciate uh, this, this opportunity, man. This has been great. It's 